Dude, 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 this song closed. We gotta change it. Time for a zero check. Oh no, that's even worse. I couldn't cut was Friends, audience members. Roman. I lost my train of thought. Lend, Just, lend me your ears. <laughs> lend us your lend us your ears and musical opinions. For we are on season five, episode seven of the Zero Check. Once again, it is myself, Craig, Stephen, Richard, and Michael here with you for four count of four fantastic albums to discuss and dissect. I believe fourth album by German death metal outfit Self Sulfur Aeon. Um, the second album by the Gorillas, Demon Days, the la the final, and I believe posthumously released uh, album by Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros, Streetcore, and finally the 1985 release by the Pogues, Rum, Sodomy, and the Lash. Gentlemen, who would like to go first this time? I feel like I never go first, so I'll hop onto it. Do it. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. So I chose Rum, Sodomy, and the Lash by the Pogues. Um, it's a very popular album for the the band, probably the, the first one that really hit the big time for them, um, which probably fueled years of, of debauchery and, and rotting teeth and all the good stuff that, that came from it for good old Shane McGowan. Um, it's, uh, I mean, if anyone's ever heard a Pogues album, it sounds very much like a Pogues album. Lots of, uh, you know, of lively Celtic flavored tunes, you know, uh, and, you know, thinking about dissolution and entropy and all that good stuff. Alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Once I start listening to a Pogues album, I feel like I've drank six beers without the drunkenness. Just, <laughs> just, just the pain. Just, 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 the, just the pain and the fun. You have, you have a little bit more money in your wallet afterwards, too. <laughs> yeah, or at least not less. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, um, know, sorry, I, it, I, think, I think this is a, this is a very big album for them. It, it hit really large. Um, it really thrusts them into the spotlight uh, until they, you know, this is their biggest thing until they release that Christmas song. And, mm -hmm. um, Fairy Tale of mm -hmm. New York. Um, and uh, yeah, what, what do you guys think of it? How do, you, how do you like your pokes? When I was in university the first time, uh, I used to go to Slanches a lot, which is no longer in Hamilton, but uh, the building that it was in is still around and is still an establishment. But um, when it was Slanches, they had um, upstairs, they had a stage and a, a, another bar, with long tables, very much a social space. And it was, uh, it was where they'd have uh, like Irish, Celtic, East Coast, all those sorts of bands like coming Spirit, Spirit of the West. <laughs> there, were, there was a lot of Spirit of the West covers. <laughs> Yeah, but then also a lot of Pogues covers and oh, yeah. that sort of stuff. So when I listen to the Pogues, it takes me back to that time. And in my brain, I am upstairs at Slanche dancing and nice. 
carrying on. You know, two two sheets <laughs> to the wind. And, uh, There's two. Yeah, maybe three. Maybe three. <laughs> no, this is this uh, is party music. Like it's fun stuff. I yeah. I love this stuff. So it was a good choice. Like for fun. <laughs> and who doesn't like fun? Yeah. Right. You know who doesn't Craig? like fun? Craig doesn't like, like fun. Yeah, do you like fun, Craig? <laughs> I like a different kind of fun. Pardon? <laughs> I like very specific. No, that's a segue. <laughs> yes. We're staying for Craig to get out I don't know why, but I was expecting more Dropkick Murphys. Hmm. Or more like a Dropkick Murphys take on like that's like Celtic-y That's music. like violent Boston Irish. This is more I like know. drunk London Irish. I know. I don't know why. I like. I may. I can't remember if you, how you described them at the end of last episode when you were talking about the recommendation. If if there were mentions of like Celtic punk, um, for whatever reason, I expected less like just traditional jigs Mm -hmm. and more. Oi, oi, oi! Let's go fight someone. Um, I I think while drinking, of course. I'd said punk adjacent, and they have that. I mean, it has that spirit, but it's it's. More traditional Celtic. Yeah. yeah. It's not like punk rock, the musical style. No. no. Yeah. This was definitely a grower for me. Um, I, With all apologies to my very Irish late grandfather, um, the more traditional jigs don't really do it for me. Um, I think I mentioned to the guys, I really found it cool when they did some bluegrass and country western on this. Jesse James yeah. is a really fun tune. Um but I think I, I started warming up to the album towards like the middle of the second listen. And then on my third listen, it started to click a little bit more. Um, the band played Waltzing Matilda is a wonderfully tragic and sad great. ballad. It's a great song um, to finish it on. It's so good. I didn't, thank you, Steve, for clarifying. It's like the, it's the actual end of the That's the actual end of the original release. album, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense uh, to go anywhere from there. <laughs> like so if you if you listen to like the reissue with the bonus tracks you'd be like why why are they why is there a bunch of instrumentals after this mess you know like <laughs> yeah like weird weird b-sides that yeah just pat it um no i think i don't know if it's it is fully my cup of tea but i definitely warmed up to it and i think i'll probably end up saying this with at least one other album this episode but this is definitely, I needed to be in the right mood for it, too. Um, this, this is not something that I would gravitate to and say, like, oh, I want to, I really want to listen to the Pogues right now. Um, it gets better every beer you drink. This is true. I, must, I mostly was listening, at, listening to it at work. Oh, so that's a part. Unfortunately. Wrong place to listen to the Pogues. <laughs> I know. I needed to escape to, escape to my oh. local watering hole and put my headphones on there. I, I, for me, I would say the Pogues isn't something that I need to be in the mood to listen to. It's I have to want to be in a Pogues mood. And then I put it on <laughs> and I become in a Pogues mood. That's a good, that's a good way of phrasing it as well. Yeah. So I, I, um, I was just going to say, uh, Steve, you mentioned that, you know, how do you like your Pogues? And, and you mentioned, you know, um, you know, if you hadn't heard Pogues, then this is Pogues. I had never you heard like your Pogues. Pogues crisp? I, I do. I like my coffee, Chris. <laughs> you don't know from jokes. <laughs> You're no Jane Rivers. 
<laughs> uh, call back. I love how you still have all of that memorized. <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen that so many times. I remember watching that with my grandparents. Like, <laughs> they should bring that back. They should bring that commercial back. They should bring that back along with Bark's Got Bite. Remember that? Bark's Got Bite. What do you mean, Bark's Got Bite? <laughs> Tangent. It is basically impossible to find like a regular Bark's root beer outside of a fountain dispenser at restaurants now. You can get like cherry barks in bottles, but that's it. The regular barks root beer, barks root beer. I don't know if they just don't at least that sell. tastes better. I don't like barks. Really, barks tastes I like, like the butt. I do like the bite. <laughs> my second butt. second favorite mainstream root beer. I'll go for A and W or barks, depending on my mood. So just they to continue on, where <laughs> yes, Michael, how do you how do you feel about the pokes? <laughs> so I never heard them before specifically, uh, and I honestly didn't know what I was going to be listening to when I when I loaded it up for the first time, and uh, and yeah, I, I agree with uh, Richard 100. percent Like it, it brought me back to those days, the Irish pub days. Um, it was just fun. It was upbeat. It made you kind of want to dance a bit. Um, it, it was it it was cool, and and and. I, I did like the exposure to this and uh and I agree it was just fun like the best way to describe it right it was this, fun. This, this is like perfect like jam night pub music yeah yeah it's it's so good for that like if you were listening to this and there was the sound of like people talking and like beer glasses being you know put down on tables and stuff perfect mm-hmm but I mean, like, just like songs like, you know, Dirty Old Town, the main, Old Main Drag. And, old Main you know, Drag. I like that one. They're, I mean, yeah. they're just, they're, they're songs about how awful life is, but, you know, <laughs> delivered in such a way that it makes you want to dance. Yeah. I think I like my Celtic a bit more up-tempo and maybe less depressive. Maybe that's my issue. I'm more of like a lame, great big C, normcore person. <laughs> And also be like, I'm going to fight you, um, Dropkick Murphys type of deal. I, I mean, to, to be fair, I mean, the Pogues are the, the best Irish band that's not Irish. <laughs> like, I, I think Shane McGowan's from, from London. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're not Irish. <laughs> nope. but, uh, isn't, isn't that like how Green Day is the best British band that's not British? When is Green Day a British band? <laughs> no, just the just the just the way just the accent the way he sings. Oh, <laughs> no, he's pretty California. Yeah, that's how I feel about him. <laughs> okay, you guys win this round. Yeah. <laughs> you win this round fast. <laughs> yeah, I mean they played the Grey Cup, and they're certainly not Canadian. But <laughs> <laughs> they even even listen to I don't even know where Blink One Eighty Two is from. Are they from California? West Coast? From somewhere probably else. anyway they They're even American. have a similar yeah they have the same kind of enunciation that billy joe the big oh why yep, they're from california yeah i always Open felt that really wide and i always thought that billy joe did that because he was so high that if he didn't really enunciate he didn't <laughs> <laughs> together everything and then at woodstock somebody threw mud and got it in his mouth Woodstock '94, baby. Delicious. Primus played at that show, didn't they too? I think. Hmm? I think Primus also played Woodstock '94. I don't think we're allowed to do an episode of this podcast without bringing up Primus. 
because it's so or, or Woodstock. I've, ri- <laughs> I've written it in all of our contracts. Yes, <laughs> I said okay, so, contracts. So we hit the quota. Primus <laughs> <laughs> sucks. Am I right? That's Primus sucks. You got it. After all these episodes, Stephen, you got it. <laughs> so uh, I, I mean, I I feel like we have a, a pretty. Uh, good consensus on the fact that although this is a little too traditional for Craig, we find the Pogues a fun, drinky sort of band. Mm-hmm. And today I learned that Elvis Costello was the producer of this album. Yeah, and they got they started fighting. It was a whole mess with him and them and Elvis <laughs> Costello. Oh dear. <laughs> Why doesn't it surprise yes. me? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> oh me, oh my. Alright, who wants to go next? Who's got an album they want to talk about? I can go next. Sure. So I have decided to uh, to pick Demon Days uh, by Gorillaz, and um, I I was not one of those that that had this album um, when it came out. Like I wasn't. I, I I never listened to it when it was kind of big. Uh, I think this came out in like the mid mid aughts. Are we the last living souls? Are we the last? Yeah, two thousand and four or five or something like that. Five. Uh, let me see here. Five. Yeah, yeah, two thousand five, and um, it's cool because you know, Gorillas is the the whole thing about the the, the animated band. Um, you know that that they're um, a lot of special effects and and lots of uh, of cool multimedia stuff that they were trying to do, and just sort of re- reading up on them and figuring out a little bit about them from someone who wasn't really into them when they were big. Um. It, it was it was neat and and I mean I love the song uh, uh, Feel Good Inc. Like I mean that's their their big hit and whenever that song comes on it's like awesome we got to turn up the volume and my my son really enjoys that song as well so I was like I want to I want to dig in a little deeper into some gorillas and um, so I decided to choose Demon Days and uh, and I really enjoyed it like I, I like that style of music I like the um, uh, sort of the the what's the best way to describe it it's not really it's not it's like pop like is it rap rap pop hip-hop like it's it's a a whole really yeah it's like a whole bunch of different things they're all over the place yeah Yeah. and uh and so yeah i had i had fun listening to this one i thought there was some good songs on it and um or is a band who's singing about the fire coming out of a monkey's head that too so um Two, that's my second um, note I'm going to give on the album. The first note I give, <laughs> this is an embarrassing one. Both these are embarrassing. I didn't get these out of the way. Um, first embarrassing note is whenever I think of the gorillas, my mind substitutes Prozac in my head. Oh, I don't know no. why. I know. I Uh-oh. don't know why. But when I query my brain, I'm like, what do the gorillas sound like, brain? The brain's like, like Prozac. Do, you know do, they do, don't do. sound like Prozac. <laughs> I know they don't, which makes it extra funny. But my brain is too lazy to tell the difference between the two cartoon, fake cartoon bands. So mm. it switches them interchangeably. Maybe they sound um, like the Archies. Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, that's another good one. Yep. Oh, the 70s were a weird time. 
Very um, weird. Or Pebbles this... and Bam Bam singing, um, <laughs> I Love the Sunshine in. I... <laughs> What the shit was on like seventies variety? Well, I don't well know. we know what drugs they were doing. They were just doing a lot of them. <laughs> sure. A little bit everywhere. Society had like lower standards, I suppose. Um second point is fire coming out of the monkey's head. I immediately associated that with one tin soldier. Uh, oh yeah. Reason. No, that's I that's like, completely fair. I did too. I was like, yeah. wait a second, this is giving me huge one tin soldier vibes. Okay, good. I'm not the only one. Da, da, Fantastic. Da, 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 da. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Same parable, except not narrated. The one ten soldier, I to my knowledge, has never been narrated narrated by Dennis Hopper, which made this pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um there were a couple times when I gave this a listen uh, when I was working, and it was the perfect like chill vibe for what I needed at the time. Mm. Um I really like this. If I'm in the mood for this type of music it is perfect. Really, really enjoyed it. And it's that weird type of, because of the nature of the music, um, I had a reaction. Feel Good Inc. was the big one where I was like, is this a sample from somewhere else? Or did this music originate here? And I couldn't remember. I found that fascinating. Like something is ubiquitous enough but because of the nature of the music, I still have to question like, okay, this, this set, this sound or this little motif has to be from somewhere else. Like I recognize it too much, um, but it's not, I'm pretty sure. No, I, that, I, think, uh, I think feel good in cause it's own thing. And it was just a mm-hmm, big yeah. song. So was yeah. dare on this one. Yeah. Dare was everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like even though I hadn't bought this album, I had heard, <laughs> heard those songs all over the place. Mm-hmm. There's a great song. Like it's one I'll still throw on just because I love it. For sure. So yeah. And I, I I like this album quite a bit. It was um. I found that if you weren't specifically paying attention to it, a lot of it would slide by on you. Um, but there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on in it. So mm. it's it's like it's really worth sitting down and being able to you know pay some attention to it like it's rewarding i'd agree with that there's some cool change-ups mm-hmm. and instrumentation or like a hip-hop section that will get yeah. you off guard or something like that yeah it's very much uh it can it can be a, a vibe album or it can you can pay attention to it and get a lot out of it mm-hmm Mike, how much Blur have you listened to? Aside from their one big song? <laughs> they have song, more than one big song. So that, song. Yeah. song two? Like, oh my god. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I would say that's probably it. That's probably all the Blur I've listened to is song two. Okay. Yeah, because oh, this you, was... You, re- you recommend the, some Blur? Oh, well, they're so was, good. This is like the gorillas were the Damon lead singer Auburn. of Blur's. Yeah, yeah, Damon Albarn, the lead singer of Blur, his way to do like not Brit pop without people yeah, okay. getting annoyed at him about it. Okay. And so hence like the works for him. Yes, hence like the cartoon alter egos and everything. Same thing with Prozac, I think. Uh, I forget who like Philosopher Kings. Prozac was Philosopher Kings. That kind of probably makes two, sense. Two, I think yeah, so, two, yeah. of the, two of the guys from Philosopher Kings. Yeah. 
the big blur song there's blur as girls and boys park life uh there's probably a third one in there those are the two big ones that i remember country house is that the name of that song country house was the the first single off of the um the great escape album uh but like there's a a couple of big ones off park life wasn't there yeah Uh, the title track was girls and boys off park life girls and boys is off park life okay um, they, they had uh, There's No Other Way. Mm. You'd recognize okay. if you heard it. It's a big oh, yeah, yeah. Up some yeah. Blur. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mike's getting his blur education on this podcast. Yeah. No, that, well, they're, they're all they're speaking very... with a British accent afterwards. We did a, Brit, we did a Britpop <laughs> episode back in the day, and we did Park Life, and we did Oasis, uh, What's the Story, Morning Glory, and we did Elastica, I yep. think. Uh, and um, there's another one in there. I don't remember though. Yeah, what was the other one we would have done? I thought there were four we did. I don't know. I have to look it up. In theory, this is all recorded somewhere. Uh, it is. I have the sheet open. You keep talking. I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm 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 still gonna argue that song two was Blur's biggest song. Internationally, at least, at least yes. internationally. Yes, internationally. Oh, Pulp, different class. Steve. Well, that's such yeah. a good album. I mean, my album. <laughs> I think, um, I love like the album. fact that we, at least in the '90s, probably still a little bit now, we get exposure to a lot more British music living in a Commonwealth country than we probably think we do. Because, um, like, Much Music played a lot of the Park Life singles um, when they were released, whereas MTV probably played none of that. Um, but it's it's something I've realized as we've gotten older that we get exposure to a lot more British music mm. than we think we do. Oh, we we hear so much British music. Always have, but it's good yeah. stuff generally. So <laughs> I'm okay with it. I blame the Beatles. They all started it. <laughs> this is two, sure. three out of the four albums we did on this oh. episode were British. Neat. Of which I, I mean, this, this this one, I I say, yeah, boy, <laughs> governor, etc. Well, I think I think by oh, that wait, time, well, no, I guess um, Joe Strummer was kind of splitting his time between different places by then. Yeah, but I mean, Joe Strummer's whole thing is London calling, so yeah, know, he, English. He is very <laughs> British. He is very British. English and super reggae. Yeah. It's always been kind of weird to me. I don't know why. But that's a discussion for when we talk about Joe Strummer. Indeed. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think I think everyone is a, is kind of a, a, a big Gorillaz fan. But there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of places you can go from there. I mean, earlier we did the the Deltron 3000 album, right? Yeah, yeah. I still listen to that. Which, which is a great album. Mm, very good. Uh, and he was uh, he he did the the rap in um, Clint Eastwood back in the day, right? Yeah, oh, there's that connection. Yeah. yeah, but then it was only it was only on that Clint Eastwood track. Yeah, yeah. Del uh, the funky Homo sapien. That's him. And then, uh, yeah, of course, Damon Albarn and Blur. This kind of that was one of the few. Um, I'm talking about Demon Days. That was one of the mm-hmm. few full albums that I had uh, in my old car uh, back in the day when you had the little. CD holder that you strapped onto mm-hmm. your your sun oh, yeah. visor. Yeah, you put like what, four, four CDs in there. 
on each side? I think it could hold like eight to ten CDs. And most of the CDs I had were mixes, but I had a couple of full albums, and one of them was Demon Days. So I listened to Demon Days a lot in that car. Hey, it's a good one. Yeah. It's not like me who had, um, I think I had uh, a tape, a pretty hate machine that was stuck in the <laughs> tape, tape deck. <laughs> that was so it? The, that was all you listened you just to? Had, you just had to keep listening to Pretty Hate Machine. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was Pretty Hate Machine or it was radio? It's right. It was usually radio, but yes, yeah, pretty hate machine was yeah. pretty common. Ape decks. <laughs> Not good for anyone. Yep. <laughs> All right. Anyone else have any opinions on Demon Days? Check it out, folks. It's, it's a good, good album. album. Yeah, it's yeah, a good album. Good. You should listen to it. Um, All right. And and listen Where to some to? other listen keep and listen to other um uh gorillas as well, because it's all good. So do we do, are we going death metal or are we going reggae punk Brit? Like I, I guess it'd be funny I, if we just did them both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to streetcore. Let's go to Joe right. Strummer and the Mescaleros streetcore. Uh, released October of 2003, um, which was, I mean, it was almost, it was it almost or just over a year after uh, Joe Strummer passed away. Um, I'm not sure where it came Joe into Strummer, it. Joe Strummer passed, oh yeah, December to, yeah. It was, so it was just less than a year mm. after Joe, and he was only 50 years old too. Way too yeah, I, I would have expected him to die of his lifestyle, but it was like a yeah. an undetected heart defect. Yeah. Um, like anything can get you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, Joe Strummer originally no of the Clash, uh, of Clash fame, uh, who I would argue is one of the, or if not the most, uh, musical of of the punk era 70s punk era bands to come out of britain um comparing them to like well like the sex pistols and you know their rage against the machine before there was a rage against the machine yeah pretty much but then rage against the machine has much more musicality than (laughs) any of them too so sure um but anyway yeah the the uh, the clash are fantastic and then joe strummer went on to expand his musical horizons afterwards with uh joe strummer and the mescaleros this was their least sort of world music-y album and it was also the last album that uh that uh, they they made together with joe strummer um although joe strummer had recorded he was in the midst of recording or just completing recording his final uh solo album when he passed away uh so this had been completed previous to that. Um, what did you guys think of it? I honestly didn't know what I was expecting when I—I I mean, I, I had heard "Redemption" song off here before because that has gotten a lot of uh, a lot of play over the years. Uh, but I don't know that I'd I'd heard anything else. Um, it um, it grew on me. 
uh, like the first time I listened through it, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, but the more I listened to it, the more I was like, okay, I think I, I think I really, I dig where this is going. Like I like the sounds. I like Joe Strummer. I always, I've always liked Joe Strummer. Um, and there, there's a couple of songs that like they they get caught right in your head, like Arms Aloft or you know, mm-hmm. uh, Ramshackle Day Parade. I think they're mm-hmm. they're they're earworms. So I thought it was a it was a good album. It starts really strong. And it goes it into a bunch of bunch of we've talked on the show extensively yeah. about the number of albums we've had with poor, poor first songs. And this it this album does not suffer from that. Oh, Coma Coma Girl is an, yeah. Very good way to start the album. Um it goes in a lot of interesting places too. I still don't know how I feel about like different people covering reggae. Maybe that's just a personal thing of mine of like you I and I have no I've never looked into Joe Strummer's life beyond his initial time in the clash. So I don't know how much, you know, time he spent with reggae musicians or in like with Jamaican culture or reggae culture of that. So I am not gonna you, judge too you much. Did, you did hear reggae uh influences in the clash's music too from time to time. Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember that from like different clash songs. Um Silver and Gold is a tremendous choice for an ending song considering this is a posthumous release mm-hmm. um and is a pretty bittersweet way to end the album um continue and one last thought i think continuing my trend of things reminding me of other stuff or other people this episode um i was associating joe Strummer a lot while listening to this with bruce springsteen and I don't know why. I don't know what was giving me that vibe of associating the two of them. If it was some of like the political stuff. I've never, I, I don't think I've ever thought of the two of them together before. I know, <laughs> like it's... I was associating it with Prozac, and I'm not sure why. Just... Yeah, everything would just went to Prozac. Maybe I'm just sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really, really sad. Like, pick up. Bruce Springsteen feels very, very different than Joe Strummer. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, there's definitely a much rawer energy um, to Joe Strummer. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was how his voice sounded in a few songs, and I was like, "Oh, that's giving me kind of Springsteen vibes for whatever reason." But you got yeah. that unapologetic English accent. <laughs> yes, and Which the occasional just Bruce like he, where he <laughs> abandons all enunciation, and we're just going for it. I don't have time for enunciation. <laughs> got we got a rock. Yeah, I like this album. For the times when I didn't want chill and gorillas, uh, this filled the <laughs> opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, I was I was a little bit like Steve on this one. Like I, I felt like I was unsure the first couple of times I listened to it. Like of all of the albums that we listened to for this episode, uh, this one took a little bit longer to grow on me. Um, I do agree that there were some songs that definitely caught my attention. Um, and it was, it was, it was kind of fun to listen to, but, uh, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily something I'll go back to. Mm-hmm. Could just be the style of music too. Like, I don't know if I'm really like Britpop is really necessarily my thing. Like this is not Britpop. Not Britpop. Sorry. That's not, not what, even yeah. a little. <laughs> well then obviously I need to look up my genres and <laughs> take a test. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike, 
if you if you were to see our uh, our video streams here, uh, <laughs> both my face and Steve's face, we just like had this look of offended to our core when Mike said that. Oi! <laughs> I yes, did have to keep rem- I did have to keep reminding myself this was not released in the seventies, though. Yeah, that this was I a two thousand five album. That's <laughs> yeah. fair. Yes. Like it does sound like it could be a lot older than it is. And I think also my brain is Joe Strummer when it hears like Joe Strummer equals nineteen seventies. Like that's how I've categorized yeah. him in my musical timeline. What about all the big audio dynamite? What? That's Joe Strummer, right? I have no idea what that is. It's a band from the eighties. Uh, they had a couple of big songs. Um, what's the one you'd you'd recognize? Um, I don't remember what it's called. Uh, I'll just let me look it up. I'll, I'll figure it out. You guys talk amongst yourselves. Me- meanwhile, I, I would I just want to correct myself and say that that I don't know if I really uh, appreciated their uh, their electro dance style that uh, they were going for the uh, you know the the hip hop that these guys were trying to push. Out. You're like Mike. You guys, you didn't actually listen to this, did you? What are you talking about? I I love the show tunes that these guys sing all the time. No, like, like I said, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't super uh, hook hook me. Um, but I did listen to it a few times, and yeah, probably won't go back to it. I gotta listen to the Latino rock ability war. That sounds fun. Yeah, I, I guess I guess Joe Strummer wasn't formally a member of Big Audio Dynamite Jones project, mm. but he he appeared on some of their songs. Yeah, it's still not a name I'd ever heard of before you mentioned it, Steve. Sorry. I'm sure I've brought it up in our podcast in the past, but one of the coolest things related to Joe Strummer was that my sister has a has a uh, photo of him, or or a series of photos of him that was taken in the house that she now owns. Because the previous owners were friends with him, and they were music photographers, and uh, he had visited them between when they when their offer was accepted and when they closed, and when they got when they got their keys and went into the house for the first time, sitting on the kitchen counter was this picture autographed by Joe Strummer. Oh, that's, that's really awesome. cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. That's a great yeah. story. Ah. Yeah, and uh, and that would have been in two thousand one. Oh wow! Probably a year before he passed away. A year and a bit. It was fun. Nice, fun, like eclectic, eclectic and varied album. I have to say, if you want, if you want more variety as well. Listen to some of the other Mescal, like, yeah, Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros albums, the two earlier ones. They're quite good, and there's a lot more variety in them. Oh, cool. But I would, I, I would disagree with you guys saying that the the front end of it is the stronger. I I like pretty much every song in the album. Totally fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thumbs up. All right, that leaves us with one more album. Friends. Let us journey through Venusian spheres. 
beneath the cigarettes. So many spheres, so many, so many not spheres. just Venusian ones. Mars, <laughs> Venus, Saturn, the sun, Jupiter, all of them. The moon. Yeah, the moon, everything. Everything has so, an associated friend of Cthulhu to work with. So and that brings us, And that brings us, folks, to the fourth album by Germany's death metal band, Sulfur Aeon. Um, this follows in the wake of, and they all have awesome titles, I got to name all of them, uh, Swallowed with a V by the Ocean's Tide. <laughs> Gateway to the Anti-Sphere, and the Scythe of Cosmic Chaos. This band is amazing, and I love them. Um, they are also, in my opinion, a great introductory, as introductory as you can be in death metal, um, band <laughs> for this subgenre. Um, I mentioned this to the other guys, but usually when death metal bands do dynamics or changes, they don't get any less loud. They just slow things down or go faster. Sulfur Aeon is one of the very few bands that will actually get quieter or incorporate actually different moods and dynamics into their songs, which I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. Um, Their vocals also tend to be more of like a bellow, um, which I like uh, in my death metal. Um, But there was one other thing I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah. So I kind of alluded to it in the beginning, but along with Francis, the great old ones. Um, Sulfur Aeon is one of the biggest band, one of the biggest bands in the scene whose entire shtick is basically HP Lovecraft and yeah. like and spheres. Um, but basically <laughs> everything every song is about Cthulhu and that whole mythos in some way. Um, they've managed to make it work and not get too old through four albums. So kudos to them. Again, I really like this band. I find them super catchy. Uh, what did you guys think? I just want to say that, uh, like the Lovecraft mythos, the same way that that Blind Guardian has done a billion songs about uh, Lord of the Rings and, and that's true. Uh, that Lovecraft mythos, you can kind of mm-hmm. do the same thing. You can milk it for a lot there's, longer. There's, there's, there's a lot there. <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of content there. Blind Guardian is also amazing to see live. Everyone yeah. in the audience knows every word to every song. It is a great show. I had a lot of fun that time we went to see them. For so sure. good. Who was that? That was you and your brother, Sean. Yeah. Me. Yeah. My brother and a few of his friends went. Yeah. We had a good time. Wow. I'm, I'm trying to imagine what a death metal show would be like. I've, I've seen Cannibal Corpse live and a few other death metal bands when I went to Heavy Toronto in 2012. Yeah. Um. I don't know. How, it's how people do you running around that? in circles and like running into each other a lot and moshing like very aggressively. Now, do they are they are they like you know are they all like jerks? Or are they decent people for the most part? Just fans of the music. They're decent people who like I don't know. There's that. There's like a weird unspoken code of conduct of like okay, you can jump at each other like you're moshing, but if you see someone go down who's looking like they're hurt, you stop and you pick them up. Okay. Um, there's worse like hardcore which is sort of like punk but a bit more metal people will do like karate kicks in the pit and like wave their arms around and punch and stuff that's stupid um (laughs) so it's kind of like death metal actually doesn't have the most violent sort of moshing or the most violent band 
clutch. <laughs> Fucking clutch. Always comes back to clutch somehow. I don't know. You, they had a ring clutch into my death metal album. <laughs> How did you do this, Steve? They had a ridiculously violent mosh pit. Yeah. Right, so, like, so we're talking about clutch right now, guys? Is that where oh, we're yeah, at? Yeah, because it was the bros. It's the business bros getting their like steam off from failing their deals, isn't it? <laughs> they didn't make their they're, all, they're probably all in quaaludes. <laughs> and lots of coke. Yeah, so much coke. Yeah. So much That's coke. true. De- death metal death metal fans don't tend to be druggies. They're just kind of like chill normal people who happen to like, I don't know, they just get aggressive in the pit, but they are like normal, relatively sane people otherwise. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in the pit, Craig? No, I'll no. No, okay. <laughs> um, what was what would I classify the most extreme pit I've ever been in? Uh I know what mine maybe was. even maybe even the Andrew WK pit. Oh, that was amazing. Then, yeah, that was incredible. That was so I was, much fun. I was in such good shape when we when I, we went to that concert. Yeah, you you were far and away in the best shape of any of us. I was gassed about five songs in. <laughs> that, that's when I, that's when I was running a lot. So yes. I had like I had some serious stamina, and I was basically hooting and jumping all concert. You you were yeah. training for the pit. It was so, yeah, pretty much. It was, and I need you needed to train. The funny thing at Heavy T.O., so like a lot of festivals, there's two stages. So like one band plays a stage and the other stage is being set up for the next band. So there's and there's a long rampway between the two sections of crowd. Um, And every metal, every metal band thought they were this like the originators of telling the crowd I don't want to see two. I don't want to see one pit going. I want to see two pits. Let's go. And it was fun the first time. And then it was <laughs> even funner the third time as every band sold it as the most novel idea ever. <laughs> what about three Whoa. pits? <laughs> Whoa, man. Whoa. Two, two mosh pits. Whoa. <laughs> don't waste two your pit energy. Pits. <laughs> don't waste your pit energy. No. So, um, Sulfurion. Um it's a thing. <laughs> it was no, I I I was surprisingly entertained by this guy. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's a good that's a good way to put it. Me too. It was it was ridiculous. Uh <laughs> but it was way better than some of the death metal crap you've made us listen to. Ooh. And and uh I I found the whole Lovecraftian like mythos and <laughs> lyrics really amusing it is like, definitely like, like pro wrestling in a way like seven seven crowns and seven seals where they're just going through your your ancient like evils <laughs> that is a fantastic title track I, that's my favorite song on the album it, it builds it's a real so well track and then like the the second track it's like there's like yeah <laughs> Yeah, we get right into naming the old ones and what they do. Let's just, how, let's, how let's just name drop some squid faces. And how, how they're coming to destroy your reality. Yeah. And they're all about the grandiose titles. Like. Well, you read that Death Metal English article, Warlord you, right? The, Warlord of the Deep. <laughs> A lot of my hobbies tend to have this quality of the double think of this is so ridiculously stupid and over the top. So there's a little bit, a little bit of liking it ironically, 
but also another aspect ridiculously over the top i love it legitimately and it's amazing wrestling is very uh, i think the bot left and maybe rejoined so i hope the recording didn't mess up i forget if that's happened to us before it has happened before and i think it was fine but we'll see it says automatically reconnected somewhere yeah Yeah. then reconnected huh i I think this bot this bot is running a a second podcast not telling us maybe there might be a, a hole in our in our descriptions of Cthulhu. <laughs> use a use AI to fill it in. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey AI, can you please fill it? Listening to all of our podcasts, can you please fill in the blank space between <laughs> where the the bot dropped out? Please do not mention the who. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A- A- AI listening to all our podcasts. Would Steve like uh, this album X, Y, and Z? Yeah. <laughs> Clutch, on the other hand, you can mention. <laughs> Clutch was good. <laughs> Clutch was fun. Mike, what did you think of this album? I, I agree with Steve. I, I like. I feel like if you just sort of let yourself go with it and and don't take it don't take it too seriously and just be one with the death metal. Kind of reminds me of of how like listening to some of the funny stuff on Tenacious D where they were all like, you cannot stop the metal, you know, like that you just have to really, you know, enjoy it, become one with it. I, I don't know. I found it amusing, too. I was uh, I was having a little bit of fun with it. I agree. It was a little bit more accessible than than uh, than what I was used to. Um, you could understand a little bit of it. And and uh and it was it was cool. Yeah, it was just it was just something fun to listen to. And as Craig was mentioning before we started recording, I don't think I've heard spheres mentioned so many times <laughs> in 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 an album. Uh, like I mean, that's that's a word that they are stuck on. They're sponsored by Big Sphere, which is funny because they have um, a song on the previous album that I think is like a veneration of the lunar orb about mm. worshiping the moon. So they can clearly know about the word orb. You could use that too. What about cubes? I haven't seen the cubes. There are, no, there are no cube planets. <laughs> it's not a shape we deal with. No. Well, the, the Borg planet. Okay, we'll. we'll... <laughs> yeah. You know, I, 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 was, I was pleasantly surprised by how much they didn't suck. <laughs> I enjoyed how much they didn't suck. Yeah. yeah that's nice. Yeah, I, I added them to my I added them to my what is it on Apple Music? You add it to your library thing. So I'll I'll go back and listen to them again. That's what it comes down to. A- after an episode of this, it's like, what am I going to listen to again afterwards? <laughs> Which is fair. Like some are good. There there's episodes where we've done albums that I I pretty I liked, but for some reason I never picked them up again. Like they sort of mm. fell by the wayside. And then there's others that like I are still like from our original run that are still in my mm. rotation. Yeah, you know, Del- so. Deltron, I go back to like weekly. Oh, he's so good. That's a great <laughs> one. Mike, you should play a song for your oldest son. Get his blast beat training up to speed and okay. double bass training. <laughs> I I can I can do that. I have to get him a, a second bass pedal. Yeah, the, the drumming. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like they're it sounds like they're having a coronary. Like it's just like. <laughs> Kick snare and just go as fast as you can. Kick snare, kick snare. Ridiculous. You think that's as fast as you can go? Faster. Don't move your arm. Just use the use your fingers like this to bounce the stick. So weird. 
Well, there's the, and there's the techniques not only with the sticks to get a double hit with one arm with one wrist mo movement because you go do 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 like they bounce back and then you hit with your hands and it bounces again. Yeah, and then you can do Where the same rest. with the heel toe on the on the <laughs> pedals. So you get fast. That's how you get fast. Mm. Economy of motion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and your your heart is six times the size of a regular human's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you were doing lots of roids, then yeah, too. Rest in peace, rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins and Eddie Guerrero. Which that the like Eddie heart Guerrero. the heart condition? Yeah, that that's what I went to when you mentioned it before because that's also mm -hmm. what killed Eddie Guerrero. Well, steroid abuse and also that's an undiagnosed heart condition. But wasn't rest Taylor Hawkins? Was Taylor Hawkins was drugs though? Right, like they didn't specify it was roids. Oh no, he he had he had a severely enlarged heart. Ah, okay. So it was a heart heart condition. Possibly brought on by drugs. Yeah. And being and, a drummer. And, and the rock and roll lifestyle. I, I don't think it I don't think it sat well with him. Yeah. No one's ah, gonna call so... Dave Grohl out on being an, a workaholic though, unfortunately. You know, that's how you release so many albums. Yep. And have so many side projects. So many. The, the guy likes to do his thing. Mm. So um, that's that's the end of our albums, I guess. So yeah, uh, it was a good episode this this time. Bro, bro. Yeah, I, I mean, I there was there was albums in there I didn't know how I was going to feel about, and it turned out that they were fine. <laughs> <laughs> it turned out they were albums. They were fine. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Nothing was awful. <laughs> Um, if it's okay, I will jump and do the first yeah. uh, announcement for next episode. Make it so that, is that is acceptable. Clutch. Cool. Not clutch. <laughs> um, I really liked a few episodes ago when I basically did the theme of how about the rest of the album with lives uh. throwing copper. So I'm going to do it again. Uh, we're going to go forward a couple of years from that album to the wondrous year of 1998. Mike. Do you remember the song Take a Picture by the band Filter? Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that album. Ooh, okay. <laughs> title of the, the name of the album is Title of Record, Filter's yeah. second album. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I so hate I Take can, a Picture. <laughs> so well, the rest mention... of the album is, is a lot different. Yeah, it's more short, bussy. It's more, it's more like Filter. Yeah. Indeed. It's awesome. <laughs> So um, I guess I'll do mine next. Um, I um, I like to try to squeeze in some comedy albums wherever I can. Like we've done some like Flight of the Concords and uh, and we've done Tenacious D and and stuff like that. Um, so I wanted to do uh, the Lonely Island. And I love do, Lonely Island. I'm gonna do Incredibad, their their uh, debut album. Is that have a, on a boat on it? It does. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm in. <laughs> i'm gonna say this now so i don't forget it when we record the episode it was not until very recently that i learned that the video for on a boat was actually making fun of other hip-hop videos at the time <laughs> oh yeah that were also on boats a lot and yeah. not just like a complete non sequitur oh, about being oh on yeah a boat. But yeah, then, on, on, but that. then, on a boat was actually nominated for a grammy for best collaborative yeah. rap uh it's performance <laughs> right. Good old T Pain. So, yeah, that'll be a fun one to talk about. 
All right, Steve and Richard, what are you guys going to do? You got one yet, Steve? Oh, I got one. You got one, Richard? So do I. Why don't you go? Uh, Let me go. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with something that I haven't listened to a whole heck of a lot, and see what I think of it, and see what you guys think of it. Uh, it the album is called Mud, and it's by Whiskey Myers from 2016. Hmm. Is it spelled M um, Y E R S Myers? Correct. Yep. Okay. And whiskey is spelt with an E. W H I S K E Y. Yep. Okay. Not E H I S K Y. <laughs> As opposed to without the without a E. <laughs> okay. All yep. right, Steve. What do you got? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Smashing pumpkins. Melancholy. Infinite sadness. I'm doing it. Finally. <laughs> What's the album called again? Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. But it's plays on words. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not the Super God Deluxe 7 L- 70 LP, <laughs> like 800 track edition, right? No, no. Just, just the with ev- with every... <laughs> With every <laughs> with every sound Billy Corgan committed to tape during that time period. No, just <laughs> nothing that came on the aeroplane flies high. <laughs> just regular dawn to dusk, twilight to starlight, melancholy and the infinite sadness. Quality. Okay. You see, Mike, our show is named after this album. Okay. So this is <laughs> so so zero is on this album. Yes. Okay. <laughs> It all we've comes never together. we've never freaking done it. It all comes together. Yeah, this is where the this is our final episode, folks. Coming up, <laughs> it, it, now we we will have found the check. I don't think this is going to end it, but uh, I feel like I feel like we have been woefully negligent in never doing a Smashing Pumpkins album at this point. This is true. Sounds Fair good. Enough. What is wrong with us? I saw an ad for uh, Smashing Pumpkins coming back to because weren't they just in Toronto like? Not long this ago. Year? Yeah. Um, they're coming back next August. Corgan's a lunatic at this point. Yeah, they probably still suck. <laughs> they, they always so did good. have like... Didn't they, they always have live. like... Yeah, they always had a poor live reputation even in their yeah. heyday, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, did I spell it wrong? Oh, it's it's a it's a play on words. It's a, a okay. funny funny album. Yeah. Uh, okay, because I I had actually typed in melancholy and it came yeah. up like the, with the correct spelling, and I thought, oh, that's well, because like, it's because melancholy is a word. Yeah, but, I know, but they, they, not the way they do it. Okay, <laughs> got it. it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that's uh, I I mean, I I feel like. I made this decision when I was flipping through radio stations and I hit zero. Mm-hmm. Which, which happened in the last month. Okay. And you were like, it's serendipitous. I'm like, this, yeah. is, this is... That's that's a sign. This is a sign. This is fate. <laughs> Not the Ace of Bass sign, the other sign. <laughs> no. Oh, so that's, that's the next album, Ace of Bass, the sign. <laughs> All that she wants is another baby gone tomorrow, boy. Okay, that's going that's going on the potential albums list. Ace of Bass, the sun. <laughs> it's funny because Ace of Bass doesn't they don't speak a word of English. 
So oh, whenever really? they would, whenever they'd go up on stage to accept something, they're like, "Oh, thank you, thank you very much." <laughs> That's hilarious because you can't really tell. <laughs> yeah. Was Max Martin writing songs at that point? I don't know. Stephen knows not. All right. Okay, there we go. We've we've got a lineup. So uh, to all our our faithful listeners out there, thanks for listening to this episode of the Zero Check with us. Tune in next time for the actual melancholy episode. Mm, That's going to be good.